This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Episode 52, Cashflow Guys. Hey Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. All right, Katie, so today we're chatting with Tyler from Cashflow Guys. They have a podcast and he's actually a former police officer. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so I don't know, like it's, I always enjoy chatting to ex-cops. Why? Well, because they stand for justice and doing stuff right and, you know, it's pretty inspirational. Well, I liked talking to him just because he was from the same area that I grew up in. No way. So before the show, we talked a little bit about uh, Florida and everything and why we moved up to like Antarctica (laughs) and everything. So I really enjoy talking to Tyler. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to dive right into our interview? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. Today, we have Tyler Chef with us. Tyler is the founder of the website CashflowGuys.com and the host of Cashflow Guys podcast. He enjoys life. He's a huge fisher, hunter, and scuba diver. As a former police officer, Tyler has spent the last several years of his free time learning about investing in real estate. Now, Tyler finds that he truly enjoys teaching and helping others while learning to build wealth. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Hey, how are you guys? We're doing good. Thanks. So real quick, I know that you're down in Florida and you love scuba diving. Have you I been do. have you been anywhere cool to to go under? I got to tell you, I've been lots of cool places, but one really reigns supreme for me. I did a brief stint, worked for five years. I see brief. I, said, I was like, why? Well, I guess I wasn't brief. But I spent five years working for the government. And I was there to help, I promise. And uh, I worked on a ship as a merchant mariner. And one of the locations, we went all over the world by ocean, which was awesome. But I got to dive out on a place called Kwajalein Atoll, which is out in the Marshall Islands, out in the South Pacific. And let me tell you, that is bar, bar none the cleanest water from a visibility standpoint I've ever seen in my entire life. Awesome. Wow. So you could really, (laughs) you could see the sharks coming for you then. Uh, You know, the sharks, they don't bother you. You just, you know, they're they're just, you're in their territory. So they just come check you out. Uh, As long as you don't mess with them, they usually don't mess with you. Yeah. You're braver than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Tyler, what would you say is the first thing that you tell people when they're thinking about investing in property? 
Well, probably the first thing I would tell them is to make sure that you do all the math. Here's what happens, guys, is that a lot of times there are all kinds of people out there that want to sell you everything with a roof. You know, and I'm a realtor, so I can say this with experience that there are agents out there that will, and, and wholesalers and all kinds of service providers in the real estate industry, that they'll sell you anything and call it a good investment. Hey, this is real estate. It's a great investment. Thumbs up, right? Well, the reality of it is what you, whether or not a property is a good investment directly ties to the amount of income it generates versus its expenses. And not all properties are good real estate investments. And I think, don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people think of property and they think, oh, it always goes up over the long run. And in fact, that's why the financial crisis happened in 08, because a lot of people were just like, well, even the banks were like, you know, property always goes up. It's a solid investment. Let's just lend our thousands of dollars. And that's how the financial crisis happened in short. Absolutely. Uh, part of it was, you know, the thing, thing was people were investing for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. I don't invest for appreciation. The fact that I get appreciation by properties, that's great, but I don't count on it. I don't invest in it. What I invest in is cash flow. You see, for me, cash flow, you cannot lose money. It's impossible to lose money in real estate, provided that you strictly invest for cash flow. And that's the one thing that people miss. I knew there was going to be a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, Tyler, real quick, I'm a little confused because you said that people make the mistake of sometimes investing in a certain property for an investment. Yes. So what is the difference between like a good home for a family and then an investment home? Well, when you're going to, when I call consume the asset, in other words, if you're going to move in and, and you're looking at a, a nice view and oh, look at the pond and all that, see all those things aren't going to add to your bottom line. So when you move into a property, it doesn't matter whether you rent it or own it. I don't really see the financial benefit of buying a home to live in it. My, that's my opinion. Um, and I could go on for days and weeks and months on, on why that is. But um, I believe in buying real estate as an investment. In other words, that asset, that property needs to pay all the bills and show me a profit. So it has to pay for itself. The tenants that live there have to pay for, for it. And that rent needs to be high enough to cover all of its expenses. And a lot of people forget that. You know, this is why you don't see a lot of successful rentals. You don't see these beautiful four bedroom, two bath mansions working very well as a, as an investment property. Those are usually owned and consumed by the individual owner of the property uh, versus the two and three bedroom homes in more of your middle America type homes. They make very good rental properties because you can rent them for more than what the expenses are and show a profit. And I think that's what a lot of people miss. Definitely makes a lot of sense. So what would you say is a common mistake you see people make when they're looking to buy a property? I see people consistently refusing to do all the math. And here's a good example of that. Boy, this, you know, I understand this property only rents for $600 a month. I'm going to pay top dollar for it, even though it only rents for $600 a month now, because I'm going to wave my magic wand and later it'll, it'll rent for $1,200. The problem is they don't they're either not able or not willing or not sure on how to do the work to get it to produce that magical income that they thought it could produce at some point down the road. The most important thing you can do is, as somebody that's going to invest in real estate is only pay for a property based on what it currently does. I say, I always tell people don't pay that what you pay for a property has to be tied to what the property does do, not what the property will do. In other words, don't reward a seller. Um, by overpaying for a property that's not performing or, or will not perform to standard. 
That definitely makes a lot of sense. So you you would typically say stay away from the renovator's dream. <laughs> yeah, the fix and flip model is yep. fatally flawed, and it's it's for TV. And if you want to be a TV host, then go ahead and be a fix and flip person. <laughs> but outside of that, just avoid it because number one, it's the most taxed activity you could possibly come up with. I mean, if you flip houses, you are going to pay more income tax than any other taxpayer in America. So why in the world would you want to be take part in that? And then you're supposed to make money somewhere in the middle of all that. I don't think so. Well, I'm glad I talked to you because I actually had thought about uh, buying homes and flipping them before because I like, like, not like a huge remodel, but like a light, you know, paint job and a new floor or something like that. And now that I know that that's not the best idea. I'm glad. Well, yeah, it winds <laughs> up being just that. It starts out that way. Oh, look, I'm just going to put new flooring down and maybe, maybe I'll replace those cabinets. Next thing you know, you're $50,000 later and you're like, oh, geez. Yep. Yeah. And, and something else just broke and somehow something got flooded. And <laughs> Absolutely. That reminds, Absolutely. That reminds me of a time when I was, I bought a home in uh, Florida a few years ago. And when I was looking around at first and I was up for like a paint job or like some new carpet or something, but nothing extreme. And I walked into a townhome that I thought I was going to love. And then I when we walked in, like right in the middle of the living room, there was like this huge crack in the ceiling. And I looked at Uh my I looked at my realtor and I was like, I'm 100% sure that kind of thing is over my head and I don't know how to fix it. And I probably can't afford that. So we don't even have to go upstairs and look. I would have to agree with you because that's even probably over my head and I do this for a living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there were, there were definitely some things I saw while looking for a house that I was not prepared for. But uh <laughs> We tend to get those doe eyes when we're out shopping sometimes and you look around going, oh, this will just be great. This will be a cash cow. The realtor says all real estate's a great investment. So why shouldn't I buy this? And then you find out, well, next thing you know, you're writing checks to your investment property. But that's not to say that all deals are like that. Very, you know, if you do your math, you'll be fine. Right, right. So you have a YouTube show and I admit I got sucked into that. I watched all your channels today for like an hour. And one of your uh, shows that I watched and I really liked, uh, you're talking about being overwhelmed. And I could relate to that because everybody gets overwhelmed, especially when they're trying to buy a house and you don't really know what you're doing. What are some things that you can suggest for somebody who's feeling overwhelmed, especially when they're trying to make an investment? First of all, realize that the house existed yesterday okay it didn't and if you don't buy this particular house the world's not going to come to an end so we tend to get really emotional with real estate investing and even though people say well if you're an investor it's not emotional it's absolutely emotional you're parting with money anytime you're parting with money that's emotional that said you know you have to take a step back and realize that you will survive the night if you don't buy this property so (laughs) you have to step back and look at this as an asset and look at it strictly from a this is what i do is i look at strictly from a dollars and cents thing will this or won't this make money am i absolutely sure or not and if the answer is no then we, we pump the brakes we stop immediately and we figure out why and usually the answer is is that we're overpaying for the property and then we haven't done all the math you know we've kind of we've we all tend to fudge our numbers a little bit i've done it in the past and it's come back to to haunt me 
you know, you feel, wow, I'm just, I feel lucky that the seller's even going to let me, going to let me buy the house. I've had people tell me that and that gets dangerous. So when you have that feeling like there's just too much going on, listen to your body. It's telling you that something's not right. That's when you got to take hit those brakes, stop right there and figure out what's going on. And if you don't feel comfortable, this is why we build escape clauses. What they call escape clauses in the contracts. You back out. It may cost you some money, but at the end of the day, it's better than going completely mad at the same time. So definitely makes a lot of sense. And, um, we like to refer to that emotional purchase as something that we like to apply the 72 hour rule to. So if, if you fall madly in love with something or you really want it, wait 72 hours before you make up your mind as to whether you want to buy it or not. And it can apply to anything, property, a new iPad, whatever it is, you know, don't let your emotions be like, Oh, this thing is amazing. And it's going to change my life because chances are it's not going to, and it's just that you got sucked in by some marketing ploy or whatever. And sometimes just taking a step back and having that time to think about it and really contemplate your options really helps you make the, the, a better decision. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've done in the past is I'm a guy that will get sucked in by the end cap. You know, you go to the store. I'm the guy that goes to every time I go to Home Depot, I come back with an orange pencil. <laughs> even though i don't use them i have probably a hundred of them somewhere i just get sucked in i don't know what it is they keep sucking me in so you know one of the exercises i tell people to have difficulty because i work with a lot of real estate investors and unfortunately people that are broke generally choose real estate investing as a potential solution so i talk to a lot of people that are having financial trouble and one of the things i tell them is immediately stop using your credit cards and pay real green cash for everything that you buy in the next 30 days to get a hold of your spending, to get a control of your spending. And there's something emotional about counting out those Benjamins. Yeah. That yeah. makes you re rethink the process. I bet that's Amazon's made it too easy. I bet that's very hard for them to do. It's hard for me to do. I have an Amazon problem. My goodness, the camera equipment I have for my YouTube channel is ridiculous. We have a podcasting problem. <laughs> no, no, we oh, do. I already had that problem. <laughs> no, no, no. Dennis is wrong. We do not have a podcasting problem. Oh, he has the podcasting <laughs> problem. Uh, my <laughs> wife can never listen to this episode. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about Mailbox Money Mastermind. It took you uh, two yes. years to create it, hey? Yeah, I did. I spent a lot of time on that. Here's what I found out. There is, it's really easy to get sucked into spending 50 to 100 grand to learn how to buy a 50 to $100,000 house. And I realized that at the end of the day, folks, we're talking about making a purchase. Yes, it's a large purchase, but it's not as complex as everybody makes it out to be. And buying real estate, you know, it's not a get rich quick. It, it, it takes time. And, and if you learn some, some basic principles and mindsets, you absolutely can achieve financial freedom in a very short period of time and not have to spend $100,000 learning how to do it. You can take that 100000 and invest it in real estate instead. Um, and get yourself financially free. So I came out with Mailbox Money Mastermind. And what I did was I took the last several years where I've changed all my views in real estate. I became a buy and hold guy. And I started, I broke it all down step by step and put it together in a program. And it's a series of videos and it's a group coaching platform basically where I've got hours and hours and hours and hours of video lessons on every step of the process. We start with mindset. We get into personal financial inventory. I think I'm the only one teaching real estate that actually 
teaches you how to first get out of debt before you start in real estate. In other words, forget about your credit card. Let's get them paid off and then put them away. You don't need them anymore, right? Because you're going to go out and invest in real estate and then you're going to earn money passively every month for the rest of your life. So you shouldn't need your credit cards anymore. So let's get you fixed financially. And we talk about that in our second module. And then from there, we get into your investor identity. I teach you how to do the marketing, how to do the networking, how to find the opportunities, how to structure deals. I broke it all down, but I took all the fluff out, guys. I took all that filler and fluff and garbage out, and I just took it right back to right to the, the core of the information you need to get from point A to point C. I love, I love that. That first, start, let's start with you. Fix yourself, get out of debt. And, and then you can focus on the next part. Yes. And, and I got to tell you, it's hard from a marketing perspective, folks, because people don't want to hear that. They like, no, no, I just want the quick solution. Well, here's the solution. You are a financial train wreck, which means even if I taught you how to make money in real estate, <laughs> you're just still going to, you're just going to be more broke <laughs> because now you're going to go out and raise your credit card limits because the guru told you to do that. And you're going to have a Home Depot card that you owe them 20 grand at 18%. And you're not going to be any better financially than you. You're going to be worse financially. <laughs> you're going to be a hundred times worse. You may have a few pencils though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'll have exactly. plenty of pencils to write all those checks with. If you guys ever want an orange house for Christmas, you let me know. I will build you one out of that. <laughs> so it's often said that you know, real estate is a get rich quick kind of thing. Buy this house, rent it out or buy this house and flip it and you can make double the income. But you don't really go into that. You don't you don't advocate for that. Can you go no, into a little bit more about that? People are all focused on the piles of income. And they forget about the most important part is the streams. Why do you go to work on, on Monday and work a job? Because at the end of the week, you get a little paycheck, right? And you get to pay your bills with that. And then next week, if you go back, they give you another one. And then you go back the following week, you get another one. If you make that the reason why you invest in real estate, instead of that lottery ticket that you keep buying every time you have some extra money, real estate's not a lottery ticket. It is that couple hundred dollars a month per transaction. So let's say you buy a little house and that house yields you $300 a month. That's great. So then go out and get another one. You don't have money. That's not a problem because there are a lot of people out there that don't have that have money, but are terrified of the work of investing. So you can work with these people. You really don't have any excuse, but you got to be focused on streams of income. If you focus on predictable streams of income, you can achieve financial freedom a lot faster than you ever will trying to find a pile of income. I think I read that the average, uh, really successful person or billionaire has got, is it seven streams of income? Yeah. Seven. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about the power of negotiation and why it's so painful. Well, you know, what's interesting about that is that that's probably one of the number one fears. I did a survey recently when I was putting together the five finishing touches on the mastermind, I did a survey to reinforce the format and how I laid things out in the mastermind, right? Because I really wanted this to be a home run for the people that got involved and it's doing quite well. We're just wrapping up our first session here in a couple of weeks. But what I learned is that the power of negotiating, it, the power comes from the fact that it cripples the people that are in it. It's kryptonite for some people. They get so terrified of negotiating or the fear of the unknown, fear of confrontation, that they simply don't do it. So what happens is 
Uh, if one party is a better negotiator than the other, in other words, has the guts to do it, the other party is usually at a disadvantage. So here's what I mean. Say, example, for example, you're a, you're a seller of a home. You, people hire realtors because they don't want to deal with the buyers. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. That's my belief. So that's fine. Hire a realtor. But now you're paying 6 7 8% to hire a realtor for something that essentially in today's market, anybody can sell their own house. It's not rocket science. If you put it out for sale sign on the front yard, 50 people will show up on your door wanting to buy it. And that doesn't matter what market you're in. Uh, that said, you know, from a buying perspective, if you fear that confrontation, you're going to hire a realtor, you're going to pay full price and just be glad that that seller accepted your offer. Goodness gracious, right? Mm -hmm. So the person that actually has the guts to ask for a discount and provide some sort of substantial proof of the need for that discount, for example, comparable sales figures, maybe an income and profit and loss analysis on the property giving some teeth behind that, actually having a conversation with the owner of the home, you can do amazing things and there's no yelling and screaming or headlocks required. Negotiating can be very easy because you just have to simply harness the fact that everybody's terrified of doing it. And once you realize that, if you can get people to commit to having a conversation about price and terms, in most cases, you'll be highly successful. We talk about that a lot in the mastermind. I remember when I bought my house, I fell in love with it immediately. And unlike our usual 72 hour rule, I walked in and looked around and I made an offer like immediately because I was afraid that it would get snatched up. Yep. And so I made the offer and then I was originally just going to go with like the original asking price and, you know, just bite the bullet. And then my mom told me, definitely to negotiate it. And I negotiated it and they literally gave me no problem at all. Like they took the negotiation, no problem. They were like, yep, that's fine. And I was so shocked because I asked for a lower price and um, half the closing costs to be paid for and some kind of home warranty as well. Right. And they had no problem. And I was just like, oh, wow. Like, that was much easier than I thought it would be because in my head, I thought they had like 20 other, you know, people who would be interested and somebody would definitely want to pay full price. And then I'm going to miss out over a couple of thousand dollars because I was just being cheap. And really, it just worked out 100 percent in my favor. And did you feel at the end of that, that you'd left some money on the table? You're thinking, well, geez, maybe I should have asked for more. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit, but then actually after the inspection, it didn't appraise to the amount that I offered it. it they overpriced it. So I actually got it for even cheaper. And then nice. they still paid the part of the closing costs and the home warranty. So, Outstanding. so at the closing table, I kind of felt like I was a little bandit and, and just got the, like the deal of the lifetime. And then the sellers came in and they were like 300 years old. And then I understood why they probably did not fight me on the negotiation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good story. Yeah. It was definitely a good first time home buying experience. Absolutely. So remember that for next time. Yeah, I will. Awesome. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking for a fantastic way to make additional money each and every day, month, week, whatever it is, 
consider opening up your home to strangers. Katie's actually created an amazing course called Hosting Your Pad, which guides you through how you can set up a profile that is enticing and gets people to come stay with you on one of the most popular short-term rental companies, Airbnb. You can check out hostingyourpad.com. The course will be opening up this week, so definitely check it out. It's going to be coming out on Thursday. So check out hostingyourpad.com. So Tyler, why do you think people fail at achieving their dreams? Well, for starters, I and I hate to sound cynical with this, is that I don't believe that for some reason in the last 20 years, let's say, we've we as Americans especially have lost our ability, our work ethic. It's gone away. We're always looking for, I think maybe it has to do with technology, maybe it's the internet is the cause, but we've started looking, we're always looking for the, the shortcut, the easy way. We're not willing to roll up our sleeves and do the work. And you know, when that happens, what else can you expect? Yeah, no, I agree. It seems like it's just that instant gratification that everybody is always looking for. And they forget that sometimes like the best things are worth waiting. Absolutely. There's no easy button out there. I mean, I guess when staples come out with that easy button, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious that so many of those sold. I read somewhere that the sales on those things was off the charts of how many of those things sold. It's like, I wonder why they bought them. <laughs> that was the downfall right there. <laughs> yeah. So it all started and went to, went to heck from there. Yeah. Awesome. So do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for our listeners? I'm a big fan of The One Thing. Um, it's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. I've had Jay Papasan actually on my podcast. A great book because it, it helps everybody, no matter what line of work you're in, it helps you with parenting. It helps you with everything. It helps you get focused and to be efficient. And for me, I used to brag about how I was a multitasker until I realized that multitasking is actually a lie. And it's actually the most inefficient way of doing things. And, and that book has helped me immensely. So I definitely recommend the one thing from Gary Keller and Jay Pawson. Okay. And do you have a favorite quote? For me, it comes from a movie. I love this one. Oh, it's Shawshank Redemption. And it, it, it was uh, Morgan Freeman said, you either got to get busy living or get busy dying. And I tell my, and I say that to myself often. Every time I think about, oh, I'll put it off till tomorrow, or I'm going to do this later. It's like, no, no, no. Now is the time to have fun. I mean, we, we, we just, my wife and I recently bought some property for a, a weekend place to go hang out. And we got four wheelers and having a pond put in a swimming hole and all that stuff, all the stuff we always wanted to do. We're doing it now. We're living our life now. So I got to say, either get busy living or get busy dying. Tyler, we've absolutely loved hanging out with you. What's some of the best advice anyone has given you? And then we'll say goodbye. The best advice anybody's ever given me didn't come directly to me. It came to me third party. It came from Walt Disney. And back in the 50s, Walt Disney said, buy real estate because God ain't making any more of it. <laughs> and he was right right up until he discovered Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Chen, we've been hanging out with Tyler Chef. Tyler is the founder of the website cashflowguys.com. Definitely check it out and figure out if real estate investing is right for you. There's a load of great materials on the website, so definitely check it out. Chainers, we recently hit a massive milestone over here at Chain of Wealth. We've had over 20,000 downloads. So a very big thank you to everyone out there. We really appreciate the support. 
and we will look forward to providing you with absolute valuable content in the future. Catch you on the flip side. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.